You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to the season finale of the men's basketball season. And to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast, I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear, the season finale of the season. I the like season that. finale of the season. I was so excited, I said yeah, it twice. Shelby's a little jazzed up. Because... Uh, it was UCLA, so she was actually listening to Hit Em Up by Tupac. Before. I was, I was listening to that. Also, um, our daughter is heartbroken for some odd reason. She's not even a Stanford fan, but she was... So upset that the Stanford women just lost to the UCLA women right now that she just stormed out of the room. So And went to bed, so big dub for Yeah, us. it was a good win for us. She has flag football tomorrow. So uh, Arizona men will be playing their arch Ookla. rivals, their arch nemesis, well, I, as it were. I, re- I wrote something down for UCLA. Um, I just want to address something that UCLA fans could get mad at. We will be discussing UCLA in our UCLA preview. If you have a problem as a UCLA fan with Jason Shear and Wildcat Authority discussing the UCLA Bruins, please will pause right now for station identification and feel free to stop this podcast. This is wildcatauthority.com. Okay, we're back. Right. Um, yes, thank you for that because Trigger we warning. frequently get flamed by UCLA fans for even... Having the audacity to mention UCLA at all. I had a great poll question today, though. You did. I like that poll question. Um, Do you want to know my answer? F no. Hell no. I will never root for UCLA. And what's funny is... Over my dead body. Oh, my God. Sorry. I was screaming. um, That flustered me. (laughs) What people were saying was technically UCLA is not a Pac-12 school anymore. Oh, right. Well, that makes it even better. Here, I'll even go this far, and I might get some heat for this. Oh, no. Um, I'm leaving. ASU is our in-state rival. I uh, get it. Don't do it. I get it. I won't root for ASU, but I will silently give dubs to Bobby Hurley. Shelby and I love Bobby Hurley. We love Bobby Hurley. Bobby Hurley is the coolest dude ever. His coaching and all that, but he's fun to watch. He lets his dudes do literally whatever they want. And off the court, I, I've said this before, he is like a super nice guy. So I know, you Big know, game for them, actually. AS who, scum devils, blah, blah. I get it. That's more of a football thing Super for me. Super big game. There's rumors where if ASU beats USC tomorrow, Joe Nardi will off himself. I, it'll be amazing. The fact that he has Penn State in and ASU oh out. God. Don't get me started, Shelby. I know this has been a sticking point all day. Michael Luke was raving. Don't get Everyone's me very upset started. about it. And the fact that we're defending ASU, like, put ASU's record against Penn State. Like, come on, guys. Like, just whatever. 
Anyway, we're not here to talk about ASU. We're here to talk about UCLA. Should we have done an ASU warning as well? We could have done that, but usually ASU basketball fans are pretty chill. We're very reasonable people here, Shelby. I think we're very reasonable. People, know people me. seem to really hate you, though. People hate my guts and make up things that I say. I don't say half the shit that people accuse me of saying, but that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, we could do that. The Misconception Podcast. Um, anyway, back to the preview. Which team has more pressure on it Saturday night? Whenever you say pressure, Under I say, pressure. Yeah, every time. Uh, I think it's a very clear answer. So you, what do you think? I think Arizona is under more pressure. Oh, could not disagree more. Really? Because UCLA has already hit the pinnacle. They've already won the conference. Arizona needs to win this game because it will determine their seating in the big tournament. Yeah, but it would determine UCLA's seating as well, honey. I don't know. I just I think there's more pressure on Arizona. Yeah, could not disagree more. But you're Good. pretty. I'm so um, glad. See, we do not pregame these questions, apparently. Marriage is on the rocks. Right oh, now. please. Uh, I think there is very clearly... Watch this. You're going to agree with me. No, by the time no. I'm before done. you say what you're going to say, here's my other point. UCLA has been more consistent this season. Jaime Hawkins and Tiger Campbell together as a combo, but with their backup buddies on the team, play consistently. Azulis Tabellis only got back into fine form last game. Can he maintain that? I don't know. What does that have to do with pressure? Because Arizona has to perform, and we don't know what Arizona team we're going to get. Yeah, that's not pressure. Yes, it is. It's pressure to, to perform. It's pressure to actually Once come Once again, out and do it. a woman is putting pressure to perform on a man, and I am <laughs> sick of it, Shelby. We can't perform all the time. Um, anyway, <laughs> the point is, is we can agree to disagree, but that no. is my take. Here's my take. Let okay. me let me list them off. I think that the day that Mick Cronin went on his conspiracy rant, oh my god, that was amazing, was the day that the pressure turned to UCLA, because he basically said the committee was stupid, Dave Hickey was out to get him, oh my god, and all that other dumb stuff. If UCLA loses this game on Saturday, Mick Cronin looks like a moron. For that spiel. I mean, that more so than he already does. Because he has no argument. And it wasn't based in reality in the first place, but that would kill that argument. If they lose at home, UCLA got swept by Arizona. That means that there isn't a world, logical world, because you never know, that exists where UCLA should be seated ahead of Arizona. I don't even care about the Pac-12 tournament. How do you put UCLA ahead of Arizona when Arizona finishes, you know, right there in the Pac-12, but beat, swept UCLA? The best opponent that UCLA faced all season was Arizona, and losing to them twice would be... Kind of egg on their face. Right. So your seeding falls, right? Um, Arizona is what it is. It's probably not going to be a one seed. It would, it would have to win the Pac-12 tournament as well. If UCLA beats Arizona, it's got a really good shot at the one seed. If it doesn't, it's not getting the one seed either. But Arizona knows, you know, it's pretty locked into a two or a three. UCLA has the pressure of the one. Everyone's saying, well, if Purdue falters, UCLA is the one. And even if Purdue doesn't falter, UCLA should be the one and blah, 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 blah. But if Arizona's like, cool, we're second, we're in the conference, our seedings, whatever, you yeah, know. but I don't think that a lot of fans, I don't think Tommy Lloyd and 
players think that way. There's no, a lot of pressure I, on Arizona. I, I just feel like nationally, this is a game that everyone is saying UCLA is going to win. The spread is five and a half. Arizona the five and a half point under. I I like it when Arizona's playing from the back. So, but to me, the day that Mick Cronin said that it was the aliens' fault and Dave Hickey was the supervillain <laughs> was the day that all the pressure turned to UCLA because mm-hmm. you know it's not a personal thing. I'm sure UCLA fans are saying I hate Mick Cronin and all that, but you can't make rants like that and then not finish the job. You got to back it up. You got to back it up, and they won. They've done well, but if they don't beat Arizona. That rant, there's no conspiracy the house theory. House of cards crumbles. Yeah, there's no conspiracy theory that'll that'll save you. Yeah. Well, I still kind of disagree with you. Okay, well, let's play. It's a rare thing, guys. Let's play strip disagreement. We're, we're you go usually, first. We're usually on the same page. We finish each other's. Sandwiches. Um, That was a Frozen reference for all the parents out there who have seen that movie. Um, what does this game possibly mean for seeding? We've touched on it already. Yeah, we touched a little bit on it. Yes, we do. We need to turn the podcast off. For um, a well, you're look, I let's make one thing swear. I will perform up to expectations, Shelby. Okay, then like keep going. We got to finish this, you know, podcast that we're doing. Yeah, but you don't want to finish too quickly. <laughs> we know? do not. You got to draw it out a little bit because yeah. we, we want to give the people what they like. Okay, <laughs> that's a whole different article. <laughs> what is happening tonight? Um, <laughs> I'm flustered again. All right, so for me, uh, you know, Arizona, I just I said this. When they beat USC, I didn't see them falling below a three seed. If they beat UCLA, I think we're back in discussions for a one seed if they win the Pac-12 tournament. If they beat UCLA, I don't see them falling below a two seed. I just – you can't make the argument for it. I'm sorry. Um, UCLA, if they win, I think that they're right there for a one seed as well. If they win the Pac-12 tournament, they're a lock for a one seed if it includes a win over Arizona. Here's something I want to clarify that Joe Lunardi brought light to, and believe it or not, and that people are kind of wondering what happened. So in the same bracket, you basically can't have a one and a two from the same conference. So like your number one seed can't be Kansas and your number two Baylor or Texas or Kansas State. So what Lunardi did is he actually made UCLA a two and put them in a different region in order to make that from not happening. So they'd be with like a Kansas as a one. (laughs) And then Arizona, he has as a three in the West. So Arizona would actually stay in the West, but UCLA would have the better seat. And the reason is because of that location. Now, if you don't want to deal with any of that, Root for Kansas State to lose, I think, to West Virginia off the top of my head. Root for those teams that you see as a two seed to lose if you're a UCLA fan as well. Because then you can move into the two in the West, Arizona, two in the West, whatever it is, the winner of this game, a two in the West. But if Kansas State or Baylor or Texas or whatever are ahead on the seed line, you know, that's that's what it would look like. That was actually correct. So that location matters there's an actual real it's stupid but it's stupid and it makes sense at the same time that really like ucla or arizona whatever could be seated higher than the other and still shipped out of the west because of that rule um you know technically both teams are are playing for a one seed i think with a win ucla has an easier track with arizona winning i don't think that would lock up a one seed um with ucla beating arizona you know Barring a major upset in the Pac-12 tournament, I think UCLA would have the inside track 
uh, to a one seed. Because I, I don't, I'm just assuming Purdue's not going to win out. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Just because I and you know, if Purdue wins out, they're probably still going to be a one seed because that means they won the Big Ten tournament. And as we know, the Big Ten is literally the best conference in basketball, including the Western and Eastern. Of all time. Yeah, including the Western and Eastern conference. You know, we have NBA. a buddy who went to Purdue. Who? Alex. Whatever. Our buddy Alex went to Purdue. Found yeah. that out today. Hmm. Um, what is a Boilermaker? Who even cares? I know. It's really weird. Those, those Midwest people maker. have weird mascots. Oh my God, we just pissed um, off the whole Big Ten. I don't care. In the Pac, ugh, is the Pac-12 Player of the Year decided in this got a singular feeling, game? Right? You kind of got a feeling now. Uh, I got a feeling. Look, here's how this is going to go. The coaches got to vote. I don't know how they're going to vote. I know that the LA writers are going to vote for Jaime, their no matter guy, what. And the Arizona writers are probably going to vote for Zoo. If one guy significantly outplays the other on Saturday, that guy's probably going to get it. If... Hawkins goes for 20 points and 10 rebounds, and Tubelis goes for 13 and 8. You know, Hawkins and UCLA wins. Hawkins probably gets it. If UCLA wins and Hawkins plays well, he probably gets it. I'll go back to what I've been saying. There are only six players, and at the end of tomorrow, it'll be seven that have led the Pac-12 in scoring and rebounding. And who is that? Ajulis Tubelis. And I have a feeling that Ajulis is going to play well. Um, but I, I'm feeling Hawkins is going to play well too. Best so. case scenario, Arizona wins. Tubelis has a great game. Jaime maybe has a less than a great if, game. If Arizona wins, I don't see any way you don't give Azulis to player of the year. I just don't. His his numbers are just better than everyone's in the conference. That and is the, correct. But like we've seen any like Joseph Young won it over TJ McConnell. So like just because he scored more points. So. The idea that the best player on the best team in the conference win the award just isn't true historically. We're kind of making that up. Like, Jaime Hawkins is the fourth leading scorer in the conference. He's not second. He's fourth. And it's close. Don't get me wrong. But he's got the eye test, guys. And he's really good. Jaime Hawkins is the best player on earth. And he's really good. But it's like, I think people, because Azulis had three mediocre games, when Hawkins has also had... Similar games, I think people kind of lost. Azulis isn't flashy, and he honestly needs a little bit more of a charm campaign from Arizona, from the university and the athletics department. They could have done a better job pushing this. And, you know, when it's Oscar season, there's a lot of campaigning that goes on behind closed doors for those awards to be won. And I don't know. I'm sure that happens. It happens on every level and every kind of, you know, bureaucracy on earth. But, like... And look, I don't think it's asinine if, if Jaime Hawkins wins. It's not. I don't think it's like a complete it's not. It's just, robbery. It's just kind of a slap in the face. Right. 
Because it's, it's Azulis just, it's just, is that good. It sucks because Azulis is that good in doing something, again, that historically isn't really done. Right. So well, Leon we'll Poe and Ike Thiago were the last two guys to do that. Yep. So. Well, we'll see. Um, if Arizona is going to win the game, what does it have to do? It has to. Two things, I think. Very clear. Number one, take care of the ball. UCLA is really good at forcing turnovers. Um, they're seventh in the nation in forcing turnovers. They don't turn it over. And, you know, obviously Arizona is an ASU, but we saw in that game, ASU had a stupid amount, 19 or whatever it was, led to 29 points for UCLA. If you're getting 29 points off turnovers, uh, you're probably going to win, right? I mean, it's just really difficult to beat a team like that. Uh, the second thing I think it needs to do is defensive rebound. UCLA is a very good offensive rebounding team. It's 20th in the nation, and when it gets going in that regard, it is really good. Um, you know, you look at that first meeting, 58 to 52, neither team, you know, it, it shot all that well, but you go back, UCLA had 18 offensive rebounds um, to eight for Arizona, and they missed a lot of gimmies off those offensive rebounds. That game could have gone very differently if UCLA had shot better from two. It only shot 36% from two. Um, now, what was interesting about that game is UCLA is not a big three-point shooting team and took 20 attempts in that game, which Arizona was probably cool with. And Arizona actually finished with more defensive rebounds. But Arizona turned the ball over 17 times that game. Unacceptable. That is, yeah, that's too many. And when you're, uh, when you're playing on the road against a good team, a very, very good defensive team like UCLA, 17 turnovers is a very easy way to lose that game. I think if Arizona defensive rebounds and takes care of the ball, it becomes much, much, much more difficult to beat Arizona. If they're not taking care of the ball and they're not defensive rebounding, um, it's like blowout danger. I mean, there's a very real possibility that Arizona would get run in that scenario. So minimum, minimal mistakes do not leave points on the table. Yes. There we go. And which player is the X factor for you? So I'm going to go two players. Okay. I, I think don't... I already know who they are. I don't know if that's legal, but I'm going to go two players. Number one, who do you think they are, Shelby? Ramey. No, you're wrong. Wow, we're disagreeing so much. Oh, my God. Uh, number one for me is Kerr Creesa. Oh, okay. Well um, Kerr is a battering ram for UCLA fans for its players, for its program internally, like he gets beat up and it's going to be vicious for him against UCLA. Uh, if he can withhold getting carried away in that emotion, I think that's the big thing is we know Kerr gets emotional and it could be bad. Some it's, it's usually good, but it could be bad sometimes. And he's got to be able to kind of keep calm and steady and run the offense. They don't need 20 points from him but they need him to be able to defend well. Maybe draw some charges. Maybe draw some charges. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting how Arizona handles it defensively as well. Do they put Kerr on Tiger? Or do they put Courtney Ramey on Tiger and let Kerr try to guard Amari Bailey? Really curious to see that as well. But um, the other player to me is Pella, because I think Pella is going to get a lot more playing time than usual uh, because 
he's going to have to guard Jaime Jaquez. Azulis can't do it just like Jaime can't guard Azulis. I say this whenever these two teams meet. Those guys can't guard each other. It's been proven. And so Pella, if he can do now, if you remember, like, against Arizona um, in that, that first meeting, Pella was really good defensively. Pesky. Like, he was legit. And Jaime was 4 of 11. And like I mentioned, these guys can't guard each other. Azulis was 5 of 15. But Pella only had eight points, but he played 30 minutes because his defensive ability was awesome in that game. And he matches up well in that regard with Jaime, his size, strength, and all that. So if those two guys play well, uh, I think Arizona's chances of of going uh, of winning increase, you know, dramatically. Like I think if, Pella's going to have to watch out of getting a technical for doing nothing, getting a ball thrown in his face. But, you know. And also the X factors could be the way the game is called. Now, Arizona, people are going to say, oh, this and that. I think people need to understand UCLA doesn't get to the line. They don't foul a lot. Don't get me wrong. But they don't get to the line. They're 329th in the nation in free throw attempts to field goal attempts. Uh, They are not a team that shoots a lot of free throws. Arizona's 48th. And they're actually 37th in the nation in fouling. Like, they don't foul a lot either. So Arizona is better at drawing fouls. And if Arizona can continue that like it did in McHale, that'll that'll go a long way towards the final result as well. Okay. That's solid. I, I agree. Um, all right. Well, big question of the evening. What is your prediction? So the spread was five and a half, and Ken Palm had it at seven. Um, you know, it, it's... It, there's a stat guy I like following Evan uh, Mayakawa. Nice guy. Does you know? It, it's he. He just tweeted actually while we're doing this. Three main keys to victory for UCLA under Mick Cronin: force 13 turnovers, shoot 37 and a half percent from three, have two or less block shots by opponents. When they do that, UCLA is 12 and 0 and 42 and six when they hit two of three of those. All right. Uh, UCLA has won every game this season when they meet two or three of those, except for one. Arizona, when it shot 20% from three. UCLA and has to hit threes against teams like Arizona. Um, Arizona's won every game this season when they hold opponents to under 34% from three. So UCLA has to hit threes. The issue I, you know... The, the worry, I guess, from Arizona's perspective is kind of what I said before. UCLA has formed this narrative where they can say, oh, we got bigger goals and all this, but this is senior night for some very good players. This is Hawkeyes' last game in Pauley Pavilion. This is Mick Cronin's UCLA against the world narrative. This is all that combined into one game where if Arizona doesn't come out focused and playing its ass off, it will lose by double digits. That may not be indicative of how good Arizona is or how good UCLA is. It's just the emotion, the moment, and all that. It could go the opposite way, where UCLA is putting too much into this game, and Arizona's going in with the not nothing to lose type of attitude. Um, you know, I nothing would. The only thing that would surprise me is Arizona coming in and controlling UCLA throughout. UCLA winning by double digits would not surprise me at all. A close game would not surprise me at all. Arizona winning wouldn't be shocking. Um, the only thing that would really surprise me if Arizona kicks the shit out of UCLA. Like, I just don't see that happening. 
I think this game is tough for Arizona. It's tough to win on the road. This environment, last game, senior night, all that BS. Uh, I'm picking UCLA 78-72. to 72. Wow. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. And, and I will say that once that game ends, um, I won't think twice about it in terms of analysis. You might not have an ottoman, though. I might throw it again. <laughs> I literally, to me, that game, in terms of how Arizona is going to do in March in the tournament, it means nothing. When it, I mean, like, there's so many scenarios here. Like, if UCLA wins, and then Arizona and UCLA wind up playing in the Pac-12 tournament the following week, and Arizona wins and wins the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still, I guess, hope on the horizon one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to win on the road. We've seen really good teams win on the road. Now you're going on the road against a really good team. Uh, it's the season finale. Season finale, senior night, place is rocking. This is their Super Bowl type of deal that they've built it up to be this big game, whether they admit it or not. There will be a lot of Arizona fans there, though. Yeah, I'm curious. So, so Cal Cats so, will be there. It'll be interesting. All right. Well, we will see what happens, and you'll hear from us after the game. Whether it's from our home or jail, we will do a podcast. Hopefully, um, I'll be happy because I hate doing podcasts after Arizona loses. Grumpy. Yeah, but we back the A. Shout out to Michael Luke. Bear down. Bear down. Thank you to all UCLA fans for listening. If you've gotten this far, we appreciate your time. And I really sincerely want to say, I hope that you go. Shubby, no, no, no. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.